0: Eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to the Full Ten Yards Fantasy Football Podcast.
1: And welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. Semi-final week is underway and it is now closer than ever. You can almost smell that fantasy championship. As ever, you are joined by me, yourself, David, and we've also got in the room Adil. Adil, how are you doing, my friends? I'm doing very well
0: and it's championship semi-final week, so we're really, really, things are hotting up.
1: They are indeed. And we've, we've got Saturday Night Football now, which... I think as soon as we get that Saturday football you know that it is close you know that it's coming and just the the way that the games fall next weekend for championship week is even better so we've got the the Friday game, Boxing Day, then we've got uh, Triple Header on the Saturday, I believe, then games on the Sunday, game on the Monday. So it's not going to do the nerves much good having your game staggered across that many different different matchups. but it'll uh, certainly be good to be able to watch in detail that many games because I love Red Zone's pieces, but it's still really, really great to be able to watch each game and focus all of your attention into it. But of course, Championship Week has already started and last night we saw the AFC West matchup between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was it was a good game. It was a good game. Uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, Derek Carr left extremely early. He did only manage to, to throw the ball five times before he suffered a groin injury. The Raiders have already come out to say that he is seven to 14 days, so we, we could see him again this season, but... With the, the Raiders losing last night, that says to me that they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. Well, I think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs anyway. And uh, it could be a case of Derek Carr is now shut down for the rest of the season. But but Adil, uh, Marcus Mariota came in. Obviously, he's done something similar to Jamie's. Obviously, those two came into the draft together in 2015, uh, both as starters for their respective teams, but have ended up as backups. And although Jamie's didn't get his opportunity to, to step in in... In New Orleans, Mariota did, and he he looked good.
0: What a performance from a guy who's just thrust into the limelight again. If you look at the numbers from the stats point of view, 17 for 28, 226 yards, a touchdown. Yes, there was an interception, which was key in the match. Nine carries for 88 yards and a touchdown, which was, he, he did have a lot of burst when it came to the, RPOs and things like that he just they seemed to manage to scheme him into the game really quickly they were able to think on their feet unfortunately they didn't get the win which would have kept them really in the playoff hunt but what a performance from him yeah, and it's surprising like you mentioned that they can scheme
1: a player like Marcus Mariota into the lineup because we know that John Gruden is very set in his ways with his schemes, um, his, his heavy run, etc., uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then for a dual threat quarterback to be able to come in and for them to be able to scheme him into it and to to do as well as Mariota did, it was it was a really impressive performance. And if you started Marcus Mariota in your league, which Let's face it. You're not going to have done. Then absolutely take a bow. Uh, just shy of 26 fantasy points there. I don't know. He could have been knocking around in a couple of best ball leagues, maybe. Um, but I think he. I think he had more chance of being in the the loser league than. Uh, if you had him in
0: the loser league and (laughs) he comes on you're really not lucky
1: Uh, no not at all but I think he also helped out Josh Jacobs so Josh Jacobs had uh, 26 carries of the football and three receptions as well which we've we've not seen him get that kind of volume in the last couple of weeks I know he's been he's been struggling with injuries and although his yards per carry of of 2.9 didn't set the world alight. He still got that touchdown and he still rewarded fantasy fantasy managers with a performance that has done him well. He, he got 20, 20 fantasy points. So people who started him last night, I know, Adil, we were talking off air about how you were playing against him, but he, a, a good fantasy performance from just Jacobs.
0: It was and, a, it was reasonable. and um, But the star of the show was the star of the show that they've had all season, Mr. Yeah. Darren Waller.
1: Yeah, indeed. And there was there was one play in particular where he was lined up out wide. Uh Marcus Mariota threw an absolute dime to him, to be fair, but he he had a cornerback on him and he was able to, to beat the cornerback and 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 make that play. Like that is just the athleticism that he's got. And the, the the commentators did mention last night that he was drafted as a wide receiver in this league. He was the Ravens did draft him as a wide receiver. They converted him to tight end, but he's got this size, he's got this ability. And I think he is now forming a very, very clear top three tight ends in the league from both fantasy and from real life performance with, obviously, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. It's a it's a very obvious three now. There's not another tight end that comes close to them three at the moment, in my opinion. Obviously, um, there are some others that are decent, but those three are a cut above. Nine receptions, 150 yards and a touchdown for, for Waller and. Another monster fantasy performance, thirty points there for him in Championship semi-final week. Yeah, you're really happy to have played well.
0: Most certainly, and um, he actually helped. So I picked him as the captain on Daily Undraft Kings Daily Fantasy, and he and he managed to get me towards that fifty cents that I won Whoa. on a free con- on a free contest. I didn't put any money in. I never put any money into any contests. And I still managed to, now I think I'm up to $20 on the account without ever putting a penny in.
1: Nice, nice. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's decent going, that is, but um yeah, a captain him, stroke of genius there. But we turn our attentions to the Chargers, who, of course, did win the game. We had Justin Herbert. He looked a little bit more like himself yesterday. And although his top two receiving options, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they were both questionable going into this game. I heard at one point Mike Williams was expecting not to play, and then all of a sudden he did play. Uh, Keenan Allen was trending towards playing, but then was told that he was going to be on a snap count, and he only ended up with three. Targets one reception for seventeen yards. So, I don't know whether it was mind games from from Anthony Lynn with with those two receivers there, but neither were particularly in the game, only having five targets between the two of them. And it was Hunter Henry, uh, Tyron Johnson, and and Jalen Guyton that got the the majority of the work with the the two mentioned there getting receiving yards in the sixties and a touchdown. And Jalen Guyton getting ninety one receiving yards off off four receptions. So, the the Chargers just found other ways to get it done and. I think as Justin Herbert has managed to do all season, obviously Eckler and, and Keenan Allen are, have been target monsters for him, but he has been able to find other other weapons in this offense, and they've not had to, to rely on the ground game too much. And Austin Eckler, thirteen carries, sixteen yards, but there was they didn't have a hundred yards rushing in this one. Los Angeles, they they got it done through the air, and uh, uh, another win on the board. And obviously they're, they're well out of the playoff race now, but. To get him further and further away from having a higher pick to, to secure a, another weapon for, for Justin Herbert to work alongside. So, is, is Anthony Lane just playing to keep his job at the moment,
0: Adil? Is that is that why they're still trying to win games at this point? I think that is the case. Unfortunately for him, I don't think he's going to last beyond the season. Just, I think somebody, I, I can't remember, on Twitter said, Anthony Lane. Anthony is Adam Gase, but with a more talented roster, <laughs> which yeah. is quite harsh, I think. But um, if you look at the ta- how talented that LA Chargers roster actually is, how many games they've been so close to winning in, and consistently over the last couple of seasons, they haven't been able to go over the line. Okay, they did yesterday, props to them, especially in a divisional game, but... I don't see him being there beyond this season. It's I think Justin Herbert's going to have to deal with another head coach coming in and potentially, obviously, seeing how whether he brings an offense with him as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, and for Justin Herbert to have to learn a, another new scheme in his second year, for this pick to now be climbing towards getting out of the top ten, it's 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 not going in the best way for this Chargers organisation at all at the moment. But I suppose as long as the, the rookie quarterback does look promising, it's, um, it's it's going to be a good one. But they don't want to get trapped in this cycle of having a, a mid-round pick constantly now because they can't either get a top talent to, to bring in um, to help Herbert make that leap, or they are not getting near the near the Super Bowl because their roster isn't quite deep enough. But we'll see. We'll see. I... I'm on the fence. I've got splinters in my bum. I can't decide if they, they're going to keep Lynn or not. But um, yeah, Herbert is such a great talent and he will be there in Los Angeles for years to come and he will scare the Raiders for years to come. So in a, a good game there, some good fantasy outputs and we look ahead to this weekend. So as we've already mentioned, we have got Saturday Night Football. So the two games there, we see the Carolina Panthers take on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. But before then, we also see the Buffalo Bills take on the Denver Broncos in Mile High. So, first up, we will look at the the Bills and the Broncos game. Uh, Bills, you've got to think, are going to win this one in an AFC matchup. But then again, Drew Lott did look really good last
0: weekend. So, tough one to call. Who are you taking in this one, Adol? Most certainly the Bills. I think Josh Allen's going to lead them to another victory. He's played just lights out throughout this season in general he's some people are even saying that he is potentially worthy of talking in the mvp race when you consider his actual performance um and also when you can cons- uh, when you look at actually his performance relative to a couple of years ago when you look at his completion percentage they keep talking about it on all of the broadcasts of bill's games his completion percentage is over 70% this year. And he was the worst in the league in his rookie season. So he's he changed his mechanics of the way he throws the ball. And you can see that it's really had a good effect.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's, he has looked good this year and it's it's a fair matchup for him. Um, Broncos ranked pretty much middling for the... For the, against the against the quarterback position, but Josh Allen, you'd think his ability above the the points against would would take him into maybe a, a top ten performance on the week, and it's it's a difficult one that the, the Broncos aren't giving too many points up to the wide receiver position. But I do believe that that Digs and Beasley are certainly going to be must start still, uh, particularly in PPR options for for Cole Beasley there. But the running back position is the one that has left the scratch on our heads all season. Obviously, Singletary and Zach Moss have been fighting it out. Zach Moss getting the goal line work, getting the touchdowns. Um, but Singletary's workload has diminished week on week. Are we finally at the stage where we're ready to, to start Zach Moss? in Not the best matchup we're going to ever see, but is it, is it still too unpredictable, particularly at this stage of the season in fantasy champion, uh, semi-final week?
0: I don't think you can start either Buffalo running back neither of them have got 10 points in the last four games so that's stretching all the way the, the last time one of them got it was in week nine and that was just 11.8 points so you they're so unpredictable you don't know who's going to get the goal line carries uh I'm staying clear yeah
1: me too and like we said the, the best quarterback on the roster uh, sorry the best running back on the roster there is in fact Josh Allen so uh he uh he will get likely a lot of the goal line carries and stuff like that because of the way that the Bills use him. But we flip over to the to the Denver side of the ball and they have got some nice matchups here. So Drew Locke, he the, the Buffalo Bills are ranked seventh in points uh, given to up to the position. They're the averaging 21 points, which is 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 nice for Drew Locke. I think he's he's a definite start in this one, particularly at home. It's also a nice matchup for the running backs in this one. So, Buffalo giving up the 10th most points to the position, uh, 19.3. I'm leaning towards Melvin Gordon in this one. He has seemingly been the, the guy to own out of that backfield over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's been a very similar situation to the Buffalo backfield for, for long stretches of this season, but Melvin Gordon has just been that one that stepped up that little bit over the, the past couple of weeks. Difficult one at the wide receiver position. Buffalo aren't giving too many points up there. I'm and I'm not really sure which of the, the Broncos wide receivers are like at the moment. It's probably Tim Patrick, which says a lot about that situation there. So, in my opinion, he's just an avoid all. But the tight end position is one I want to target this week. So, Buffalo giving up the sixth most points to the position. And Noah a fan, I know that he did leave the game last week, but it was a illness, which we would hope that he is he's ready to go this
0: Thursday. So,
1: any, any stars or any avoids on this, on this Broncos team, Adam?
0: I actually think that tim patrick could be a decent play this week he's three out of the last four weeks he's got over 10 points he seems to be the guy that they go towards when they're in the red zone because he is a big guy and i'm like i, I did pick him up in one league this week purely to prevent him from being on somebody else's roster so <laughs> you've got you've you've especially in these playoff weeks you've got to play a little bit of tactics to prevent your if your opposition is finding it difficult in one of these positions pick up the guy who you think they're going to pick up because they if they've got somebody questionable they may or pick up the handcuffs yeah exactly yeah you you do something to try and prevent them from getting the victory over you that week and you can discard them As soon as the game week is over, that's because all you need to do is get to that next round.
1: Yeah, and roster spots at this point in time are... Pretty worthless. So you, you're going to have your starting positions each week, and you, you're going to know which which plays you're going to be starting next week. Obviously, you want a couple of handcuffs there just in case of any injuries. But but like you said, there's no point. There's no point stashing guys now. Uh, this is obviously redraft leagues and in dynasty leagues, it's going to work. It's going to work slightly differently. But in your your redraft leagues, then um, make those kind of moves. It's it's all about winning. And like Adol says, you just want to win this matchup, get to the next week. So we will just give a little bit of attention to the kickers. Brandon McManus has been ruled out of this one. Brandon McManus, uh, there's been games this season where he's been the only point scorer for the Broncos. The Broncos have uh, have not been great in offensively in a lot of games, especially in this thin Denver air. So uh, that is one to, to watch out for. But I do like Tyler Bass in this one. So Tyler Bass, he's had some nice big kicks. Uh, Broncos are giving up the, second, sorry, the, the first most points to the position and it's the nice thin air there. So I'm expecting Tyler Bass to have a big game in this one. Nice, nice pick for the leagues that still have kickers out there.
0: I don't disagree. Um, Tyler Bass has been almost automatic this season when it comes to kicking, and they are at mile high, yeah. and the kicks fly. Yeah, and that's,
1: that's why, obviously, we, we've seen Matt Prater there in Denver. He set, he set the record there, and we, we've also seen Brandon McManus since hitting some nice long ones that so do like Tyler Bass in this one. But then moving into the, the evening game, so it, it is very early hours on Sunday morning for us 1 15 a.m. We have got the Carolina Panthers taking on the Green Bay Packers. Now, most notably, the talking point in this one is will Christian McCaffrey be ready? And the answer is going to be no. So he has been ruled doubtful. For this one, and I'm not expecting him to go. Uh, Panthers, their their playoff dreams are well well over, and I expect to now to see him shut down for the rest of the season. Which, of course, fantasy managers do not want to hear, but that is the the, the harsh reality that we're facing. So, Mike Davis against this Green Bay Packers uh, defense, they've conceded the third most points to the fantasy position this year. I am starting Mike Davis
0: in an absolute heartbeat. Are you, Adel? Starting him in two playoff matchups, so he is going to be one of the most important waiver wire pickups over the entire season. The first person to have got him, if you're a, if you had waiver priority rather than Fab, um, was a lucky lucky person. I am that lucky lucky person in mo- <laughs> in one league and um i'm actually facing the owner of christian mccaffrey i think in one in an idp dynasty league in the semi final so uh and i have mike davis so which is a uh, rather nice
1: nice yeah so uh christian mccaffrey not expected to play in this one so fire up mike davis and the panthers they they've given up a lot of points to the to their running back position throughout the season as well they have got better in in recent weeks i will admit but Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they still can't quite get this, this split of carries right, certainly from a fantasy perspective. I don't know whether there is, there is something up with Aaron Jones, but he just hasn't seemed to be used in the way that that we'd have expected him to as, as that as that guy who's getting 20, 25 touches a game. So are we starting Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, both or neither in this one?
0: I'm I'm leaning towards Jones
1: but I'm not feeling great about it. I'm starting
0: Aaron Jones. I'm not starting Jamal Williams. If you just look at the points production, okay, the only time he's uh, Jamal Williams has out performed in was week 12. I think Aaron Jones has the ability to have a very good game. The only thing is, is that the passing game, he doesn't seem to get as many catches, especially when the the kind of the checkdown option is find Devonte Adams. Yeah, I'm just going to pass to him and him alone at times. Yeah, so running backs, Aaron Jones, fire him up. But you're always going to have a little bit of trepidation because there is the free Aaron Jones movement <laughs> that is yeah. uh, all over Twitter sphere. And um, yeah, it's it's difficult, but you've just got to stick with him. He's kind of a player that you you can't really bench on your uh, semi final week. No,
1: definitely not. And Aaron Rodgers, if you've got him, you are absolutely starting him. It's a nice enough matchup there, uh, particularly at home. And as we've already mentioned, Devontae Adams, he is an automatic start. For the wide receiver two in this Green Bay offence, uh, Lazard has had some weeks, MBS has had some weeks. I think it is really difficult to, to call on a week-by-week basis. And it could be either of them that, that blow up on any given week. And we ha- we had this problem early on in the season and and we thought that Alan Lazard had won the, the, the wide receiver two role then he got injured then MBS went off and then MBS had a couple of games without a catch and then he came back with a, a touchdown last week. So really, really difficult one to, to pick there. But if I'm having to go with anyone, it's Robert Tunyon as being the second option, the second receiving option there in, in Green Bay. Uh, Panthers given up the 11th most points to the position and what season he's had. Like people are starting to get onto the onto the train now, but it's been, it's been one of those where it was three or four weeks of, of decent performances from Robert Tunyon before people really started to, to pay attention to him. So... I, I'm assuming that you're starting Devontae Adams and, and Robert Tunyon, but are you, are you going for either Alan Lazard or, or MVS?
0: Unfortunately, uh, neither of MVS and Alan Lazard, just because you don't know which one of the two it's going to be. Uh, Devontae Adams, he is an absolute must start He is going to potentially either make your fantasy weak or completely ruin it if you're facing him. He has that ability because he's just so good
1: yeah he's he's a a game breaker and he's one of the main reasons that that Aaron Rodgers is in the MVP conversation and I think it's down down to two it's either going to be him or or Patrick Mahomes and it's it's players like Devontae Adams that are really really going to help Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers get there and it's so great to see in This late stage of his his career, um, especially after the the draft that the the Green Bay Packers have just had. But I think the less said about that draft, the better, because uh, who quite knows what's going on there. So, Adil, anything to add on the Saturday games before we move into our picks for Sunday? Um,
0: So wide receivers for Carolina. I think Curtis Samuel could have a decent game. If you look at the last three games, over 10 points and half point. And actually, the last two games for Robbie Anderson over, well, he's scored 17.4 and 13.7 points in the last two games that he's actually, yeah. So those two players could be decent prospects. Wide receiver two kind of players, not really, they're not going to be wide receiver ones. But hey, you're trying to find, you could be trying to find points from anywhere just to try and get something this week, even though you're in the semi finals, we hope.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kurt Samuel is questionable headed into this one so that is that is just one to watch out for Um, but if if he goes then I, I do like him I love the way that they use him there um, with the, the carries the receptions um, it's a hamstring injury that is making him questionable and I feel Bard is questionable I know this is a fantasy podcast which um, unless you're playing IDP I don't I don't know a great deal about IDP, but I'm not sure that he would be playing F.A. Obada. But just want to give some shout-out to to Fe. Obviously, played Brit Ball here in the UK before, uh, I think he played five games for the London Blitz before he was snapped up by the NFL. Uh, great play last weekend. I thought he was going to score a touchdown.
0: He was so close. Did you see um, Vernon Kay's commentary on the play? No, I didn't, no it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> so um uh, if you haven't seen it go to twitter find van Kay's uh, twitter feed he has a recording of him watching that play over over the television and um him uh, mimicking an american commentator um it's quite funny fed had an incredible play it would have been great to see him squ- you know completely uh, go all the way and get the touchdown himself but um He's going to get sometimes you just do get caught up by the by the uh, offense trying to get the ball back. Yeah. Um,
1: and if if it was Bernie Kaye giving the commentary, that means F.A. Abada was a London warrior, not a London blitz. So I do apologize to the London warriors there for for getting my London teams mixed up. Um, yeah Abada, obviously transitioning from the UK to the NFL. as is the dream for, for all of us Brit ballers. but uh, unfortunately I've not had my call up yet. Let's head in to the Sunday games. So Adil, which game would you like to cover as your fantasy spotlight for this weekend?
0: My fantasy spotlight is going to be Kansas City Chiefs against the New Orleans Saints, the marquee matchup of the week when it comes to records. And there's some interesting news out of New Orleans as well. The return of Drew Brees is very, very, very likely. So from a fantasy perspective, I think that Alvin Kamara's running uh, passing game usage will go back to its normal usage and... I am very, very, very happy about this as a owner of Kamara in one league. So, um, and all of the other Kamara owners will be very happy about that too, I think.
1: Um, 100%,
0: yeah. Other injuries, Tyreek Hill was listed as questionable, but he had a full practice. So I expect him to start the game. I don't I think he'll have a problem um, and you're going to be, you're always going to be starting him providing his fit. Um, Michael Thomas is out with an injury. So that makes Emmanuel Sanders a very sneaky play this week from a wide receiver perspective. The absence of Michael Thomas will mean somebody has to catch the ball in New Orleans, and it's probably going to fall towards Alvin Kamara, Manny Sanders, and Jared Cook, with a spattering of other players and probably Taysom Hill coming in and nicking some yardage as well. He's going to be, he's going to go back to being that gadget player that he has been prior to uh, the breeze injury. Uh, other players in the claim, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think you're going to be starting him, but you're going to have low expectations because he's not been as fun uh, as Rob had said in his rant the other day. He's not had as good of expectations. Uh, a good, he hasn't matched the expectations that everyone's had, but. He's going to get a reasonable number of points. It's just not going to be an RB1 level of points. Other players in the game, Kelsey, you're going to be starting him. Mahomes, you're going to be starting him. Those two are surefire to play very well. Even though Mahomes is up against a very good New Orleans defence, he's just that good of a player and he's going to score well. The only other... yeah, sorry. Uh, the only other thing is, don't start either defense. I think this could be high scoring.
1: Yeah, and clearly the Saints have brought Drew Brees back because they weren't expecting the the lost last weekend against the Eagles. They thought they were going to wrap up the division, and they thought they were going to be able to coast. I don't know whether that's been a bit. Harsh on them, but they were going to be able to coast into the playoffs. Obviously, they lost last weekend, and it's now really, really important for them to be getting as many wins as possible. Obviously, this year we have only, sorry, we've got seven teams going into the playoffs, which means there is only one team that has got first round bye, which makes uh, getting the number one seed all the more important. So the Saints will be really keen for that. And they see the only way of them beating the Chiefs is through. Starting Drew Brees, and it sounds like he is he is fit, healthy, ready to go. But it's going to be a good one there in in the dome. It, it always is when. You have these these big games that we're anticipating as, as being big ones in the Dome. They always are big. And it is such a difficult place to go. Obviously, the fans aren't gonna make as much of a difference as as they would have done in in years gone by. But the, the Chiefs, obviously, top top guys in the AFC. It's it's gonna be a really good matchup this one. I am really looking forward to it and the the Saints have clearly brought Drew Brees back for a reason because they're going to want to come and play. So we head over to mine, and I am going to be looking at the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. So this is in Washington, and two teams that are used to playing in the rain, as as, so the case is in Washington, D.C. and in Washington State. But this game looks to be fine, so we, we should be able to see a little bit of passing in this one apart from the fact that Alex Smith is out and Dwayne Haskins is in, which for fantasy managers who you're not going to be starting Dwayne Haskins, even though it is a fantastic matchup against Seattle, it does pose the question of what are you going to do with scary Terry McLaurin? So Seattle give up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, Scary Terry has been a fantastic asset this year, but I am really going to be struggling to start Scary Terry with Dwayne Haskins under center. So, same same with Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas has had a has had a good year. Um, he's looked good, and it's, it's it's an okay matchup for him. Again, I'm going to really struggle, and with Antonio Gibson ruled as doubtful for this one. I'm really not sure what the Washington football team are going to do. Seattle, offensively, a brilliant, I think, uh, on that side of the ball, we've got Russell Wilson must start, DK Metcalf must start, Chris Carson must start, uh, Tyler Lockett, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to not play in this one. He's he's not been too great this season, yeah. um, apart from the, the two games where he went absolutely off, and the, the tight end position there in, in Seattle is a complete disaster this season. But Seattle are going to put up points, which means that Washington are going to need to try and compete. They're going to have to rely on their defence. Obviously, Chase Young had a really good game against the 49ers last weekend. He's looked really, really good ever since about week three or four when there were people out there calling him a bust, which is crazy. He's looked really good. So Washington are going to have to rely on their team. So on the defence, so for me, this game is going one of two ways. It is going to be a low-scoring, tough game, which is not going to yield many fantasy points at all, or it's going to be some kind of a shootout and we are going to be starting Scary Terry. And I'm leaning towards the former. What do you reckon, Adam?
0: I'm leaning towards the former, but in my sincerest of hopes, I hope it's the latter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have quite a few shares of Scary Terry. So two shares when it comes to fantasy matchup, uh, uh playoff matchups. And he's such a talented player. And with that secondary that he's going up against, he's sure to get something. But can you really trust him with Dwayne Haskins? That's uh, uh, You won't have seen this. The, list, uh, the listeners won't have seen this. But as the news was being broken to me over the years, I had my head in my hands because that has given me a lot of decisions to make over this weekend. And uh, I think there's a lot of thinking to be done <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's a really difficult one because an asset like uh, Terry McLaurin, he's such a good receiver, but he's not quite in that top five, top ten wide receiver that are quarterback proof, if you like. So um, your DeAndre Hopkins, when he wasn't playing with um, Deshaun Watson in Houston, some of, the, some of the quarterbacks there, Brock Osweiler is the one that springs to mind. You were still starting DeAndre Hopkins week in, week out because of his ability. And Scary Terry, he's, he's, he's on the way there. He's, he's starting to to creep into those thoughts, but he's just not quite there yet. Which, of course, I don't make sure decision this weekend. Horrendous one. But I think I'm starting him just because of the matchup that he has got and the fact that Dwayne Haskins is still an NFL quarterback. Like, let's let's give the guy some credit. Obviously, he's not the best quarterback. He's been benched for, for Kyle Allen and Alex Smith this season. But he is still an NFL quarterback. So there is some merit as being able to get uh, Scary Terry the ball. Who who's, who's good at contested catches? I, I think he will be able to, to go up there and, and help him out. So I am starting him. I hope, I hope that's... Uh, some advice I can I can
0: give you in this <laughs> one. <laughs> I think I am going to be starting in because I've looked at my options on wide receiver and I don't think any of them are close to the capability of Scary Terry, especially with the upside that he brings. He, the upside could definitely be there. It, so you've got to go. I think you've got to go for it and keep him in your lineups.
1: Yeah, J.D. McKissick is a really nice play for me this week in PPR Leagues. uh, Dwayne Haskins, is going to be a lot of dumping that ball off and J.D. McKissick is going to be the the beneficiary of that. Uh, He's seen a lot of targets in some previous games this season, so I I expect a good game for J.D. McKissick. And then at the running back position, we've already mentioned that Antonio Gibson is doubtful. Uh, Peyton Barber, he was starting in a few leagues last week with Antonio Gibson being out. He is just so touchdown dependent. He's not going to get 100 yards. He's, he's going to average three point something yards per carry. He is heavily touchdown dependent. And for that reason, I can't trust him. I would rather play JD McKissick over Peyton Barber this week in especially PPR leagues. Anything to add on the Seattle-Washington game, which is two teams uh, both competing for their divisions? Which uh, is crazy, but that's 2020. Anything else to add, Adol, before we head over to your second game? I think we're all good.
0: Wonderful. Who have you got then, please? So my second matchup of the week is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looking at the injury front, Julio Jones is out. That means Calvin Ridley is going to eat a lot this week. He is going to be fed the ball and fed the ball and fed the ball. I know he's had some limited practices, but he's had a lot of limited practices for the last few weeks just due to niggling injuries and the like. So he's going to play, I think. So he, he could easily be a wide receiver one on the week. Nobody else from the wide receiver core I really think is worth even looking at. Yeah, they're really difficult to trust. We've had numerous conversations over the last few weeks over the rest of the wide receiver core in, at the Falcons, and that's just how it's going to be. Ronald Jones has found himself on the COVID IR. Now, that brings a lot of intriguing intrigue towards the running back situation at Tampa Bay.
1: Sorry, Adil, just before you carry on, Rob pronounced me dead on my Leonard Fournette hill. So, uh, Rob, I know you're listening to this, but that CPR worked, and <laughs> and I am showing signs of life on my Leonard Fournette Hill. So, um, just 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 referencing back to the show on uh, on Monday, on Tuesday, Rob.
0: Sorry, Adam. <laughs> so, just continuing on for that, <laughs> Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last week. But as we've seen with healthy scratches in in numerous teams this season, it's it's used as a kick up the you-know-what to try and get the player to actually perform to the level that he should be playing to. Leonard Fournette is a talented player, and I think he's going to do a performance of the level that you want him to do. He's not going to be an RB1 just because... For some reason, they're somehow going to get shady onto that field, and it's <laughs> going to, it's going to, and, and maybe even a, a spattering of Keyshawn Vaughn. You, 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 but I think Lennon von is going to be the main hog when it comes to uh carries. And then, okay, let's look at the quarterbacks. I'm not starting either, and Matt Ryan has had four really bad fantasy performances in a row failed to break 15 points on each of those occasions Brady I think is difficult to trust the Falcons defense hasn't been as atrocious as it had been earlier on in the season I don't think and Brady can't throw deep at all which really 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 affects some of his players like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans um, Mike Evans is very touchdown dependent and Gronk even, but I don't think you're starting Gronk in a tight end, uh, with, uh, with the tight end position this week. The matchup may be plus, but I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. And if he's going to throw it that well, he could be just handing the ball off. Yeah, and it, I suppose, like I
1: say, it is a, it is a plus matchup against the, the Falcons for, for Brady in the passing game, but it's just far too unpredictable. And I, I know I started Mike Evans last week, but Scotty Miller pops up out of nowhere with, with his with his big touchdown. It's we, obviously it, uh, we mentioned on the, the show earlier in the week how the, the wide receiver room in Tampa Bay had been the bust for the weekend, and I, I can't see that changing particularly any other way. So who who's winning this game, Adel?
0: Tampa Bay. I think they just out, somehow managed to get a win in this game. They they need to they need the win from a playoff perspective, I think. So, Tampa Bay somehow managed to do something. I think they've got some injuries on the defensive side. So, if you look at that, um, Levante David has not participated in practice, hasn't stated as to whether he's got an injury. But that could be a big... If he if it's an injury-related um, do-not-practice or not a, a veteran kind of rest day, then... That could have a major impact because he's key to that to that linebacking core.
1: Yeah, really, really is. But it, is, so it could be an interesting one. And the, the Falcons have had a little bit of a late season resurgence. They're, they're perhaps going to make that division really interesting next year. But I do like the Buccaneers in this one also. Okay, anything else to add before we head into the final game of the podcast? All good. Wonderful. So we head into my second pick and I am going to go for the Cleveland Browns and the New York football Giants. And straight away, I've got the game open up on ESPN here and the thing that stands out to me here is that the Browns are only 58% favourites to win this one. And another Giants haven't been disastrous. They've won a few games, they're firmly in the the playoff run and the the defence is okay, but... I'd say the Browns are a lock for this one. What what would you say, Adil? Because that fifty eight percent surprised me.
0: That Giants defense cannot be um, underestimated, and that's the thing about this game. It's intriguing because they play they play a lot better than people give them credit for.
1: They do. They do. I'll I'll, I'll give them that, and I think they will give Baker Mayfield and the receiving options there in Cleveland a hard time. But guess what? Cleveland is just going to say, well, you know what? You're going to you're going to take our passing game out of it. We're just going to roll out Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And look what they did to the Ravens last week. Uh, the, the New York Giants are giving up the 15th most points to the, to the fantasy running back position. And I just think this is going to be such a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And we're going to maybe see 35, I don't want to say 40, that's a very bold number, but we're going to see 35 carries from from the two of them um, in in this matchup because I, I think the Cleveland will just accept that it, it will be a tough one but they have luckily for them got the ability to, to do it through the air do it on the ground in order to win this one and it is a short week for them they had that they had that big shootout game against the the Baltimore Ravens on on Monday night so it is it is a short week for them they are they are playing away from home but I think they have just got too much talent on this team and if, if New York do do everything to concentrate, the, the stop in the run, Baker's shown, as he did against the, the the Titans a couple of weeks ago, that he's got that passing ability and he will pass them there. So I can't see anything other than a Browns victory in this one. Uh, an interesting point is that both Harry, uh, sorry Austin Hooper and David Njoku are questionable for this one. So... Harrison Bryant could be an interesting matchup. It's it's not particularly great matchup for him, but uh, he could be the the main beneficiary of tight end targets there for for the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, fire up Chubb and Hunt in this one. There's there's absolutely no question. Then we look on the other side of the football for the Giants. Daniel Jones is questionable with an ankle slash hamstring injury. Obviously, we've seen him and Colt McCoy swapping in and out of the lineup of late. Um, we we can't really get a clear picture as to who is the, the the quarterback that's going to take the majority of the snaps at the moment because even if Daniel Jones does start, we could see Colt McCoy at any point in that game. So even though it is a plus matchup for them, Cleveland conceding the eighth most points to the fantasy quarterback position, I can't trust that either Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy will get a full complement of games. Unless Daniel Jones is ruled out, but then even so, I'm really, really struggling to be starting Colt McCoy in a fantasy semi-final, unless it's a super flex league. Unless it's a deep super flex league. Uh, Yeah, I'm not not starting Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones in this one. Wayne Gorman, he didn't get his touchdown last week. He is a very touchdown dependent guy at the moment, but I, I do envisage him needing to start again in this one because he has got that touchdown ability. He has looked good. He is breaking some runs. He is now the, the New York Giants leading Russia on the season. Daniel Jones has had that title taken away from him. Wayne Gorman is the guy. Uh, I will be starting him. It's because he will get the bulk of the carries in this one as the, the Giants kind of look to, to match the Browns. And you know what they say, great defense and great running games go together. So I think they will feed Gorman, and he, he will get a touchdown in this one. Uh, Cleveland, it's a nice matchup for the wide receivers, but wide receivers need to have good performances from their quarterbacks, which we've already discussed as I'm not being too keen on in this one. So ugh, why do you say I can't pick? I cannot pick. Like Tate, Shepard, Slayton, it is just too unpredictable there, and I'm I'm tempted to not start any of them. What about you, Edel? Is there anyone that's screaming out, or is it sit all?
0: Um, looking at their numbers, Slayton's done nothing the last three games. Shepard, the last three games, five and below in two out of the last three. Oh, it's it's just not looking good, and unfortunately for them. Danny Dimes is looking he, – he needs to be sat from a – he needs to rest that injury because it's only going to do him bad. You saw – how um, if anybody saw the game last weekend, he was limping around, and he was limping around real bad. He needs to be ruled out. He needs – they need to just say, Colt McCoy, you are going to be playing – And they need to roll with that because I think that's the best way that they can potentially get a win in this game. Is he trying to play for
1: his job, though? Because there's been talk the Giants might draft a quarterback this time. Is that his mentality is that he wants to go out there and just compete to keep his job? Because the Giants, five wins now, they're getting further and further away. Obviously, they're never going to get Trevor Lawrence in a million years now. But they're getting further and further away from a position where they could draft a top quarterback to come in and replace Daniel Jones. So does he just need to to sit out or does he just want to play football, win football games and win the division?
0: I think the difficulty behind that is just that they were so hampered by him last week. And it may be just, it might, he could well start the game and literally the, the, the coaches look at him and like, no, you've got to come out. Yep. That's the problem. And that'll have a major... If he's fit and he's perfectly fine, then I think Sterling Shepherd could have a half-decent game. But the thing is, I don't think he's startable. And I don't I don't know... If, if you look at the tight end perspective, Evan Ingram... He's questionable. He's questionable. It's and a, he's also questionable to start in your lineups as well.
1: It's a nice matchup for him, but he's... For a player that had such promise and was, was dubbed as one of these galore kind of players where it's a wide receiver playing the tight end position, he, he, he had such a promising future. Um, but he's just been hampered by injuries and now it, it's just not really come to fruition for him. But he's, out of the four options, he's the one that I'd have chosen out of uh, Engram, Slayton, uh, Tate and Shepard. But with the situation with the quarterback and obviously Engram being now questionable himself. The fact that this game is Sunday night football, so you are limited on options. If if you do go with Engram and he does sit, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. And that's the really difficult thing about the the Sunday night and Monday night matchups with players going questionable in. We hear the injury reports later, everything is pushed back and it is just so difficult to, to make those final decisions. So... I think Wayne Gorman is the only startable player in this in the New, new York Giants team, and even then, I'm reliant on touchdown.
0: Yeah, if you look at Evan Engram's performances this entire season, half point he, half point PPR, he's only broken ten points twice. That's I know the Titan landscape is that you're not looking. At, you're looking at you're shifting that kind of bar, that low bar, but that's not very good considering the expectations of the kind of player that you wanted him to be for your team yeah it's, it's it's not great you're right okay so that
1: is sunday night football and that is the end of the podcast so fantasy semi-finals the most important well second most important game of the season you are just one win away from the big game so however you're playing this weekend best of luck of course, if you are out, there's still plenty to play for. There is loads of DFS out there. And uh, like Adil says, look for those free contests because uh, you can uh, be making some money without, without actually spending a penny yourself. Uh, we will be posting some DFS content over the weekend. So, Adil, let's close out. Where can we find you on Twitter? I can be
0: found at Dilly Toon, D-I-L-L-Y-T-O-O-N. And I hope to be, uh, well, relaying some good news of me winning some matchups this weekend. And hopefully all of our viewers, uh, listeners, also win their matchups. And uh, please catch us again when we uh, debrief this week's action early next week.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's getting scary now. Like, obviously, we've been doing these podcasts twice a week now for the whole season. And we're, we're quickly running out of podcasts. We've got the recap show on Monday or Tuesday. Then we've got the preview show on Friday and then we will have a recap show again. Then we'll have a full fant- full season review and then we'll head into to some DFS content for the, for the real life playoffs. But uh, yeah, we are very quickly running out of regular season shows. So it's all the more time now to subscribe, tell a friend because you're quickly running out of time to listen to the show. So I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Thank you very much for listening. And however you're playing fantasy football this weekend, best of luck to you. Here's hoping you win. See you on Monday. You've been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on Twitter at
0: F10Y
1: Fantasy and over on our website www.fulltenyards.com 10 yardscom where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, fantasy football, college football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep
0: those eyes peeled.